This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Accurate. That's who the man is. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Tomorrow, I'm going to be doing the show live from Michigan Stadium as I get ready for Rutgers in Michigan this weekend. And I've been thinking about, uh, you know, maybe I'll go run the steps. Oh, yeah? Your thoughts on that? How many of those steps? I I don't know. I looked again, but it looked like there were a lot of them. Uh, yeah, I would say uh, you've. I take it you've been to the big house before, obviously. I have right? a few times. Yeah, I remember. I, w- I was. I was there twice, and I remember the first time I went there. From the outside, it does not look that big because it's no. dug into the ground. It's so sunken into up. the ground, exactly. Yeah. So you yeah. walk up and you're like, oh, okay, big house. I get it. And then you realize as you walk in, you're walking in at like row sixty eight. And right. you're like, oh, my God, look at how far down we have to go. And right. then this the, is the be... sheer size of it hits you. It's an awesome place to see a game. Oh, it's 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 fantastic. But uh, when you come in on the bus on the other side, you have to walk across the field and then walk up all the stairs when you're coming in with the team. And that's that's no oh, good for the big fella. That is not good. Carrying yeah. bags. That's not good. That's no good. It's just. You know, am I going to be that guy with the little wheelie bag and it's a thump, 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 <laughs> you know, and how far up am I going to stop? Oh, my God. Give me a towel. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Uh, Joe Burrow, what is the situation with the Bengals quarterback this week and will he go? Just a little while ago, uh, the head coach, Zach Taylor of the Bengals, asked that question. Do you have an update on, on Joe's status? Uh, no, not yet. Just taking a day-to-day right now. Will he back to school today? We'll see. I, I doubt it'd be full if he's out there, but... Um... We'll see. It's, you know, soreness is, is an issue right now. And so giving him some time is best. And so um, that's all I'll say about today. I'll stick by this. There's no reason whatsoever for Joe Burrow to be playing. None right now. And it's not packing in the season. They're 0-2. They're off to a bad start. But I just hate where this is potentially headed. And when he has a calf injury like this, it can very easily lead to something else, especially in Achilles as a possibility. Why would you ever, ever risk that with this guy right now? Why would you do that? That's an excellent point. It's an excellent point indeed. I want to, yeah, that, so that's what we need to connect here because there are two types of injuries, you know, in general when it comes to sports. Number one, there's the injury that can get worse if you play on it, right? Like mm-hmm. you're going out there, you have a calf strain, a calf injury like we saw with Kevin Durant, that could lead to an Achilles injury. Then there's the injury that's pain tolerance. And essentially, it might be a deep bone bruise. It might be rib cartilage. It might be something that really hurts. And the doctors will tell you, you can't hurt it any further. It's just a matter of whether or not you can play through the pain. So are we of the belief, because I'm not a doctor, I don't know. Hembo might know, and if he does, I'll, I'll refute it. Yeah, but and You'll clearly say that he got something wrong with it. At that point, I'll become a doctor. But is this the type of injury that if Joe Burrow continues to play, it could get worse? Is that what we are led to believe here? I, I'm led to believe that it could lead to something else. That That's the one that bothers me the most. Right. So because this it, injury in and of itself, if he plays on it, could lead to more disastrous consequences for him and the team. And me, not as a doctor, although, you know, my father was and, and my brother is. So that pretty much makes me. Yeah. Um, osmosis. You absorb yeah. it through osmosis. Exactly. Um, when you have that injury happen to Kevin Durant the way that it did, and then he ends up tearing his Achilles. And then it happens with Aaron Rodgers, this uh, training camp, 
or even during the OTAs, I believe, where he had a bit of a calf issue, and then he tears an Achilles. We've heard other doctors talk about this as a precursor to that when you are trying to come back too soon. It feels like that's what's going on right now when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. So I don't want to punt on the season if I'm Cincinnati. I get that. But you're 0-2 for the second consecutive year. How many times are you going to come back from that? You did it last season. I understand you're being optimistic and believing that you can do it this year. But he, by the way, doesn't even look that great, if we're no, being honest terrible. about it. He he's certainly terrible. looked bad in week one. So with a lot of organizations, I think they would heed your advice and they'd realize there's a bigger picture here to be considered. The potentially troubling spot for Cincinnati is that ever since Joe Burrow arrived, they have had nothing but dramatic comebacks, right? Like last year they start 0-2 and they end up making a deep playoff run. Um, You had the big comeback against Kansas City at Arrowhead in the playoffs, the AFC Championship game. They operate and they play with a swagger that suggests, in their minds, they're never out of a game. They can win any game, in any situation, they can overcome. They have that level of confidence. So it's going to be really tough to get that message across to an organization that you should punt here when all they've ever known under Joe Burrow is, we're never out of it. That's what's going to make this challenging. I think there are other organizations that would realize the greater good for Cincinnati. I think they're sitting there saying, we just paid them. This is our time. This is our window. We do not want to punt on the season. We're extremely excited. We were in the Super Bowl two years ago. We were really close to getting past Kansas City and Arrowhead again last season. We are right there and we got to capitalize now. And that's where you got to get the emotion and you got to eliminate it. You got to be able to make smart logical decisions without allowing emotion to affect you in any way, shape, or form, because emotional decisions oftentimes are poor decisions. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. And and then there's this. If I'm looking bigger picture, okay, and the Bengals do believe that they can come back, and you look at the AFC North as a whole, and you don't believe that the Baltimore Ravens are going to run away with it with all of the injuries they have had already, And Pittsburgh does not look that good. And certainly the Cleveland Browns are flawed. If you believe all of these things, what's what's to say that you couldn't sit? And and I know it's asking a lot. Can they get to three and three without Joe Burrow? Over the next few weeks, I'm going to run it down for you real quick. Okay, you got the Rams this week at home. Rams are better than we thought. They're at Tennessee, at Arizona, home for Seattle before their bye week. So you're saying win three of the next four to get the three and three. Yeah. You More likely th- two and four. Right? And is this with or without Burrow? Without. Without Burrow? No, you're not winning three of the next four. No. Are you winning two of the next four? Without Burrow? Mm, uh, Rams at Tennessee, at Arizona, Seattle at home. You, who's the backup? That's the thing. I don't Jake even know. Browning, who, Jake Browning. Jake Browning from Washington. Of, like five or six uh, NFL snaps altogether. Not a very Washington good backup. Fresno. Yeah, that's not going to work well. You could maybe beat Arizona if they decide that they, you know, continue to not want to win games. No, yeah. I'm not going to give you three wins without Burrow. Sorry, I have two wins. It's a stretch. It's certainly possible if the defense comes up big. Maybe you surprise the Rams. But no, I don't see that happening. 
I think it's going to be a mess. Burrow's the heart and soul of the team. You're not just replacing his production. You're replacing his leadership, the mojo that comes with it. You got to remember, when he's not there, what's the mindset in the locker room? We don't have him. Right. You're sitting there and you're like, man, we're without Burrow. This season could be a waste. Hard to get motivated in those spots. It is hard to get motivated, but it's it's, to me, at 0-2, it shouldn't be. It's we got a much tougher assignment in front of us at one and four. That's very different. That's very different. But after the bye week, when we're talking about coming back, and let's just say they were two and four, right? Mm -hmm. Can't sit there and say all of a sudden that Burrow's going to start ripping off wins left and right when they got San Francisco, Buffalo, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville all lying ahead. See, it's really a can't win situation either way. It really is. And for me, that, again, speaks to the idea of what's the bigger picture here. We just gave this guy $219 million guaranteed, and the most we have ever given any other player was $31 million guaranteed. It is protect Joe Burrow at all costs. Man, it, no one in the organization is going to want to think like this. But if you somehow decide we're going to shut Burrow down, we're clearly punting on the season, we'll be back next year, and you jockey into a great playoffs or a great draft pick, and I mean, you're near the top. I'm not saying you tank for the number one pick or anything like that, but if you end up up there with the quarterbacks that are coming out in this draft class, you're in prime position to trade back, stockpile picks, and bring in a lot of young guys on cost-effective contracts. It would be a very big help for that organization to go out there and get another first round lineman or a first round pass rusher or a wide receiver to come in and put alongside chase should T Higgins not be coming back. But either way to, to be able to pick up those assets, because now that you're going to start spending a lot of money on the quarterback and soon to be a lot of money on the elite wide receiver, that is Jamar chase. You're not going to have much money to spend elsewhere. You're going to need young guys and you're going to need those. You're going to need your front office to hit on those picks so that you can find a way to get production at a cheap cost to go along with those big contracts. That would be big picture. That'd be advantageous to Cincinnati to find themselves in that spot. Down in Dallas, we seem to be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, and they're feeling awfully good. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Up next, Micah Parsons, along those lines, wants to play tight end. That could be very profitable for some people. We'll explain in moments. (laughs) We'll explain. We'll explain in moments. (laughs) Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We've got the odds. Want a bad? Oh, great. Is it a good bet? I like those odds. Or is it a bad bet? Take my money, take it off. That's a very simple premise. Evan Wilner, our producer, is going to provide us with options for good bet, bad bet. And we decide whether or not said proposition is a good bet or a bad bet. So, Evan Wilder, the floor is yours. Yeah, I'm going to ask this one to Joe first because I asked you this question last year and ended up putting my mortgage on it, and it wasn't a good thing for me. So, Micah Parsons plus 3,500 to win MVP, Joe. Good bet or bad bet? Bad bet. Bad bet. And then the people immediately say, oh, what's your problem with Parsons? There's no problem with Parsons. My problem is with the voting. This is the MVP award. It goes to quarterbacks. Quarterbacks win the award, specifically quarterbacks from teams that get the one seed and maybe the two seed. I think it's something like 17 of the last 18 have gone to the quarterback position. 14 of the last 15 have gone to a one or a two seed. The dissenter in there is Adrian Peterson. He was a running back who wasn't on a top two seed. Parsons is not winning the MVP award, although he is an extraordinarily high-level player. Oh, I think it's a good bet. Let's get back in. Let's go. Let's get back in. We're back in. I I get it. Um, But if you've noticed, there have been more whispers about it so far. There has been a little bit more chatter about it actually being a possibility so far. What it turns out, and frankly, this is nothing new for me, maybe I was just a year ahead of my time here because I think there's a shot that this could happen if the talk continues. You're right. You're right. It's normally the quarterback, but sometimes that extra special player comes and you have to recognize and you get in early. Joe, follow-up question. If he does catch a touchdown pass, because he's talking about maybe playing tight end, if Micah Parsons catches a touchdown pass in a primetime game, do you change if it's a good bet or a bad bet? One touchdown? That one touchdown? Well, what's the difference between that and strip-sacking the quarterback, picking that up and running it in? It'd be awesome. And if he started playing tight end on a regular basis, now we have a conversation. We have a two-way player. But if it's just one play for a touchdown, again, it speaks to how awesome he is, but he's not winning the MVP award. Mm, Hater. All right, Frankly, Matt. why does everyone keep peppering me with this? I think I've been crystal clear as to how this is going to play out. Like I will a book your bets. Trivia question, crystal clear. I will give you. I will give you whatever odds you want, basically on that. Gotcha. I think you're wrong. Next, Jacksonville, fourteen to win, fourteen to one to win the AFC. Easy for me to say, Carlin. Good bet or bad bet? Uh, fourteen to one is a pretty good number. I, I really, you listen. You know, I've been high on Jacksonville. That's a good bet. I, I would take those odds right now. Uh, at 14 to 1 just to win the conference? Absolutely. I'm all in on that. And I, listen, I've been a big Jacksonville fan all along, and the AFC uh, through two weeks looks a, perhaps a little more flawed than maybe we would have said. I will answer that question by asking Carlin a question. Carlin, do you feel the Jaguars have a better than 6.6% chance of winning the AFC? Yes. Okay, then that's absolutely a good bet because that's how you do this. You take these prices, 
you convert them to probabilities, and then you ask yourself, is the greater, less, or equal to? So if you feel that the Jags have a 10% chance of winning this winning this conference, that's a, almost a 4% edge right there. Yeah, you're going to make that bet. Conversely, if you feel it's a 5% chance... No, you're not going to take that bet because it's implied at 6.6%. A lot of numbers. Everyone driving around is saying, I don't want to hear this. You You are wasting my time. This is nerd city. I would say it's a decent bet. It's a decent bet. I I have concerns about the offensive line and the depth of the defense, but with what we've seen through the rest of the AFC, there are far worse bets to make out there. Nice hedge. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't even give you anything there. Whole lot of word salad is what that was. (laughs) Next. Dallas plus 360 to win the NFC. Joe, good bet or bad bet? Yeah, it's a good bet. I mean, it's a good bet to get involved in that. It's a three-horse race. It's them, Philadelphia, and San Francisco. And if one of those two teams has a debilitating injury, boom, it becomes a two-horse race. I played them plus 190 to win the NFC East before the season started, not because I thought they were that great, but because I thought their chances of winning were far better than plus 190. That was a great price that doesn't exist anymore. So people who are making that bet, I think that's a good bet. Dallas is pretty formidable. I know I always say they flame out in the playoffs, and they probably will. But if you make that bet, I don't think you're making a bad decision. Well, what you would need to know is better than a 31.1% chance of winning the, <laughs> of winning the NFC and winning the getting to the Super Bowl. Do you believe that? Then that would be a good bet. It's not a good bet. I would take the other two teams over them. And the reason is the Cowboys just have a history. And you have to make me trust you to get me to believe in you in the postseason. And they haven't done that yet. So you can take all your numbers and you can use them any which way you want. To me, plus 360, that's not a good enough price. Bad bet. Next. Yeah, this number was nine and a half before the season. Now seven and a half. So you're going Jets over seven and a half wins. Good bet or bad bet, Carlin? Oh, God. I can't call that a good bet. I can't call it a good bet knowing what we know right now. And I still think they can do this. But again, Zach Wilson, I keep coming back to this. When it comes to football, he's not good. And so, <laughs> with that rationale, I can't call it a good bet. <laughs> and as long as he's the quarterback, that's what I have to go with, Joseph. Bad bet. You got to go 7-8 and eight the rest of the way with Zach Wilson as your quarterback. You're not winning those games. You're not going to win enough games to get to the point where you go over. It's simply a bad bet. You are very, very bad at the most important position on the field. You can tell me all day long how great the defense is. At some point, as this dream slips away from the Jets and everyone in the organization realizes that they're not competing for anything this year, guys are going to start to check out. It's what ends up happening, and the defense won't be nearly as great. Next. The Chargers at plus 150 to make the playoffs after an 0-2 start. Good bet or bad bet, Carla? (laughs) What an atrocious bet that is. I would not bet that. Absolutely not. No chance, no way, no how. And I believe that if they fired Brandon Staley, those odds would actually go up, Joe. Yeah, you know what? There's a good case to be made there. I agree with you. It is a bad bet. What about the Chargers would make me think they're a playoff team? We have to start asking ourselves that. They're very poorly coached. They have a really lousy defense. We always associate the Chargers with this high-flying offense that has this great quarterback. Uh, Herbert's a good quarterback. He's definitely above average. I don't know if he's great. Last week, they went ahead in overtime and said, we're going to let our guy win it. We're going throw, throw, throw. And they went almost interception, which turned out to be incomplete. 
incomplete, incomplete. Herbert had a chance to lead him down the field. He didn't do it. He had a chance to stop the bleeding last year in Jacksonville. He couldn't do it. Again, he's an above-average quarterback. He's a franchise guy you can build around, but he's not there yet. Like, when we associate with him with Joe Burrow, no, 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 no. Herbert, Herbert, no. Hasn't won a playoff game yet. You don't get in that tier. People want to talk about Herbert over Josh Allen. They want to bash Josh Allen. Josh Allen's played huge in the playoffs. Herbert can barely get to the playoffs. So, no, this team's not going anywhere. Next. All right, last time we talked about this a little bit yesterday. OBJ is hanging out with Kim Kardashian. So, Baltimore plus 250 to miss the playoffs. Carlin, good bet or a bad bet? Uh, I would call that a bad bet. I, I don't think the AFC North is great. I think they're going to make the playoffs. But I don't think the rest of the AFC North is is awesome. And that's why I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they got a good chance to win the division, even with their injuries. I'm concerned about it. But I say plus 250 to miss the playoffs altogether? No, I think that's a bad bet, Joe. Yeah, I'm not getting involved in that. The Bengals could shut down Joe Burrow. Cleveland lost Nick Chubb, and Deshaun Watson looks like crap. Pittsburgh's very close to being 0-2 outside of getting bailed out. They don't look that great on offense. This is the best team in the division. You win the division, you're in the postseason. I know they're banged up, but they are well-coached. They've got a good defense. They've got weapons. They've got a good offensive line. They've got a solid quarterback who's number two in the NFL in completion percentage right now at 74%. There's no reason for me to believe they're not going to the playoffs. This is a very formidable football team. I'm not betting against them. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. See Progressive.com. 24 hours ago, the Chicago Bears organization was in flames. So has the organization been able to get it under control since? This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. I felt like I was kind of robotic and not playing like myself. I wanted to be honest. I wanted to be forthright with what he's saying. And then can we work through this together to get him to play free and to have him have that flow? Of six sacks the other day, four of those six are on him. In the end, unacceptable play from the quarterback. What Fields does does not align with what the Bears want him to do. And that, to me, is, again, taking the square peg and trying to put it in the round hole. It's been a mess in Chicago for the last 24 hours. I guess you could stretch it back to what happened in Tampa on Sunday. It's Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh. We go to Chicago right now. We welcome in our good friend Courtney Cronin from ESPN NFL Nation, of course, co-host of Best Week Ever on Sunday mornings here on ESPN Radio. You see her on Around the Horn. Courtney, it's uh, Carlin and Joe. Let's just start here. Are things any better? What is the feeling around the Bears now compared to where it was 24 hours ago? It's definitely, there's still a heavy feeling here because it's almost like whiplash. Like, oh my gosh, all that happened in 24 hours. What's possibly going to be next? Oh, they've got to face the reigning world champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Does anybody want to focus on that game? That's kind of where things are right now. But to take you inside Hallis Hall today, this morning, Ryan Poles, the general manager, called a press conference before coordinators talk. And that's a typical thing on Thursdays. It's usually special teams coordinator, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator. But since Alan Williams is no longer the defensive coordinator, it was only those two. But general managers don't typically talk in the middle of the week uh, during the season. And I thought it was smart for polls to get out in front of everything that happened yesterday, whether it's Justin Fields' comments about coaching and then walking it back and how that was received with the team. And then, of course, the sudden resignation of Alan Williams. Like, there's a lot. And buried in all of this, they just lost their left tackle, who's on injured reserve, which typically that's, like, the number one news item that you have um, when you go against, a you know, a, a really good team in Kansas City and you're down an offensive lineman and your quarterback's struggling. But, guys, like, there's so much here that I thought it was smart that Ryan Poles just try to address all of it in one fall swoop and not leave that on Matt Eberflus tomorrow to have to do by himself and – trying to, you know, provide as much clarity as he could on how he felt about Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus. He gave, um, you know, a vote of confidence for both of them in a number of different ways. But also, you know, there's a lot of there's been a lot of speculation around the Allen Williams resignation that, you know, polls tried to clarify once again um, the situation there and kind of what the team's been dealing with. All right, so let's drill down on that a second. And and you're right. Like, generally, you're going to lose a left tackle to IR. That's your top story. That was, like, story number six based on what came out of Hallis Hall yesterday. Defensive coordinator Allen Williams, he resigns. There's talks of FBI raids and, and, and a lot of other stuff. There's a world of speculation here. It feels like this story isn't getting nearly as much attention as it should versus Justin Fields and his status with the team. What can you tell us on is the latest on Allen Williams? Yeah, there's not a lot of clarity, and that's something that the team kind of like is in the same position. They really have not put much information out there publicly about what's going on with Alan Williams and where he's at um, as far as, I mean, he's not with the team anymore, but like the circumstances that led to his departure. We know that he resigned from what he said in a statement due to health concerns and um, some family issues that he's currently dealing with. So. That's what the team's deferring to. But even when you talk with coaches this morning, Richard Hightower, the special teams coordinator, really wanted no part of that. He was deferring to Ryan Pohl's comments about how the team's moving forward. 
with this situation and didn't want to get into kind of the dynamics of what's going on with the coaching staff. And, you know, you can read into that what you want, but Poles is the one who came out this morning and said, right off the bat, they're dealing with adversity, but nobody's panicking inside this building right now. I thought he kind of grabbed the, um, you know, grabbed the proverbial bull by the horns here to try to, you know, calm this thing down because the Williams situation still has so much ambiguity behind it that we really don't know more than we did 24 hours ago. Other than the team coming out with polls speaking uh, for everyone today, continuing to deny any of the, um, you know, the rumors that were out there on social media, anything involving police, you know, any raid, any police involvement here at Hallis Hall. Courtney Cronin, ESPN NFL Nation reporter, co-host of the Best Week Ever, Sunday morning on ESPN Radio. Of course, always on Around the Horn, too. Courtney, uh, with Fields and the organization right now, everybody's trying to say the right things. You were there yesterday when Fields tried to walk back what he was trying to say. Make sense of this for us. Is this a relationship that is starting to sour, or was this simply a misstep by the quarterback? I don't think it was a misstep. I'm going to categorize it as him being – you heard it there from Matt Eberflus in the rejoin, him being – they want him to be forthright about what's going on. I think that was the quarterback doing that. Now, some people will look into it and try to read behind between the lines and say that this is a quarterback, you know, putting it out there before it gets put on him. And that could be the case, but that's – you just typically don't hear quarterbacks – give you that sort of detail and I think you can appreciate that Justin Fields amid all of these struggles he's going through right now as a quarterback is telling you I'm not playing well because I don't feel like I'm playing to my strengths and that's not just coaching he put the onus on himself which gets lost in all of this he said that he needs to play better he knows he needs to play better and what Ryan Pohl said today that nobody in this building thinks that Justin's a finger pointer I can tell you from guys that I've talked to coaches I've talked to executives I've talked to that is the sentiment that no one views fields any differently after this and Luke Getze told me that he didn't even know these comments were were made until after everything yesterday after fields went and walked everything back fields told us in the locker room apparently sounds like PR showed him a tweet uh from what his comments were which you know, he didn't say anything that he didn't mean to say. Nobody, I'm going to make this real clear. No one took him out of context. No one misquoted him. There was nothing like that. Sometimes you say something and you see it out there and it gets traction and you might have a little bit of regret behind that. I think that's where things were trending yesterday, but I don't think this is a situation where anybody's upset with him 24 hours later based on these comments. Courtney, great stuff. Appreciate the insight. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Take care. Courtney Cronin, ESPN NFL Nation Bears reporter. I think she was there yesterday for about 16 hours at Alice Hall with just a complete, utter mess that was going on with the Bears yesterday. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on your bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. In moments, we hear from the horse's mouth on the biggest rumors in this country right now it's on the way plus pizza money we make some money carlin versus joe espn radio this is the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio pizza money alert pizza pizza 
We gave you two bets for Thursday night football earlier in the show. Yes, Daniel Jones will throw an interception at minus 125, as well as Daniel Jones over 37 and a half rushing yards. Here are three more bets for you. Number one, San Francisco minus 10 and a half over the Giants. I don't think this game's going to be close. The Giants were in a war last week against Arizona, in which they came back and won. Great, but they lost Saquon Barkley and two starters on the offensive line. They're going to Levi Stadium for the home debut of the Niners, who, by the way, have won 12 straight regular season games by an average of 15 points per game. Mm. Eight of those 12 wins have come by double digits. I like the Niners to roll. We on top cr- of that, just I- to be clear, we got Cranky Al Michaels tonight. That's what you're telling me. Cranky Al. Yeah, you're going to get Cranky <laughs> Al tonight because it's not going to be a very competitive game, at least in the eyes of Joe Fortinball. We're going to play under 44 as well. I don't see the Giants scoring a whole lot of points in this one, again, due to all the issues on offense with the injuries and the defense they're facing. I could see this being a 30-10 to 10 final. And then finally, Elijah Mitchell, backup running back for the Niners. We're going over 28 and a half rushing yards. He's only run for 10 total yards in two games this season. So why would we bet over 28 and a half rush yards? I think the Niners are up big. I think Christian McCaffrey gets to rest late in the game. I think Mitchell spells him throughout the game, and ultimately he goes over 28 and a half yards. So the five pizza monies for tonight in no particular order. Niners minus 10 and a half. Under 44 total points. Daniel Jones, yes, interception. Daniel Jones, over 37 and a half rushing yards. Elijah Mitchell, over 28 and a half rushing yards. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Yankee Stadium, the Bronx, Blue Jays, Yankees. Well, I mean, the Yankees are out of it, right? No, 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 no. They are trading on the amazing name of Stephen A. Smith to bring people into the Bronx tonight. He will be throwing out the first pitch. Stephen A., uh, how are we feeling What's right up, now fellas? leading up to this tonight? Well, you know, I understand what's at stake. I got to look the part and I got to be the part. But that's what happens when you represent yourself and you represent the worldwide leader. It ain't like I'm working for somebody else. This is not Tim Kirkin or or Buck Oldie or somebody. You know, this is me. Now, I love those guys. Brilliant, brilliant baseball mind. But damn it, I got to do better than what I think they would do to. I mean, I'm just carrying the the load. I understand. (laughs) First of all, for Stephen A. tonight, throwing out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium. Just make sure you aim high. Just aim high. Don't aim for the belt because if you're throwing off the mound, you immediately come down naturally. Aim high. Aim for the head. Aim for the head. That's what I would say. Bring the arm up over the top. It's like we teach in T-ball, the freight train I've been managing for the last two years. We are an unstoppable bunch. Step and throw. It's very simple. Step and throw, and the rest will follow from that. Now, at T-ball, half the kids don't know if they're right or left-handed. That's a whole different problem I'm dealing with. I'd assume Stephen A. Smith has that part figured out at least. That has got to be an absolute circus at times, T-ball. Oh, it, it, it is. Last Have you year, had kids he, running the wrong way? I mean, tell me about the circus factor of that every week. Last year when I did this, I was doing it for my son and everyone on the team, because you don't get a lot of coaches. Everyone on the team was assigned at random, so I didn't know any of these kids. Right. This year's team, it turns out four, of the, four or five of those kids that were on last year's team are in my son's pre-K class. So they all wanted to see if I was coaching again. So I said, all right, let's do it again. So I opened it up to his class, and then I opened it up to some friends on the group. So the whole group knows each other, which is important, because then you can convince the dads to come down, or the moms, to come down and participate 
participate in practice. If you don't have that, like I like last year, everyone's running wild because you're trying right. to help a kid swing and hit, but then there's 12 other kids out in the field running around throwing dirt and rocks at each other. And right. like you're desperately pleading for the parents to contribute in some way, and most of them will just hold up their Miller Lite and nod at you like, hey, man, you're doing a great job. Thanks for everything. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I thanks, man. I, I'm, I'm glad that you're happy with the uh, – with the product here. So no discipline whatsoever. You Basically, oh. what you're telling me is it can turn you into the rich cotite of coaches very quickly. It, it breaks you very fast. <laughs> and you have to add in how many times you're going to get hit in the nuts with a bat. Like, that's happening throughout the course of the season. And I'm sorry if that's a graphic picture, but we got to get the truth out there. You got a lot of kids swinging wildly without looking where they're going. You're going to drop to your knees a handful of times throughout the course of the season. This year, I have parent involvement. I I we got a good group with us. We had our good first practice the other day, first game Saturday. We're cooking right now. We I got stations set up. I got big fat inflatable catchers with nets that you can throw the ball through. I've turned it into a carnival to make these kids happy. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. But I did I never would have even factored in getting hit with a bat. That's not <laughs> It happens all the time. I stopped wearing my watch because I didn't want my watch to get smashed. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. You just heard the Taylor Swift, we never go out of style. And, of course, uh, Travis Kelsey, just a little while ago on the Pat McAfee Show, we know what all the rumors have been, that he and Taylor Swift are, quote, hanging out. Uh, Here he is, not necessarily clarifying the situation, but at least addressing the initial contact that was made when he went to see her at Arrowhead during the summer. Mm. Here he is. Mm. You hate that this happening? No, I mean, it's life, baby. It's life. I threw it out there. I threw the ball in her court. And, you know, I told her, you know, maybe uh, I've seen you rock the stage in Arrowhead. You might have to come see me rock a stage in Arrowhead and see which one's uh, a little more lit. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens in the near future. Dog Travis! Hey! All right now. All right now. Hey, let's go. We're talking power couple. The NFL's in the game. We appreciate the hell out of you. You're the man. Good luck with everything on the field and in the suites. Yeah. Uh You're the greatest, ladies and gentlemen, Travis Kelsey. Here's the thing I would ask, okay? Who exactly could Taylor Swift date? I mean, she has reached this whole other level where it's going to be like – I don't know if you saw the shots from the Jersey Shore a few weeks ago where she went to a wedding and the entire street heard about it and the entire island heard heard about it and it shut down in, within 15 <laughs> minutes. The entire block around this wedding shut down. Like, how could she go to a Chiefs game when people would just be descending on her at every moment? Like, even if you're in a suite completely by yourself, how would that work? There are ways to get dignitaries in and out, are there not? Special yes, ways through special tunnels? I, I'm sure, but, like, even... Like, it, she's bigger than the president right now. <laughs> Honestly. It's, Moves a little bit better. Moves a little bit better than the president. We yeah, can throw a little that bit. Out there. Oh, no, here comes the political talk. Everyone's going to panic. <laughs> We're not actually going to talk politics here, everyone. Just relax. Everybody settle down. I, I just here's having the thing. fun. I, if, I guess more than anything, not even logistically... If you're Taylor, how do you take anybody seriously that they're not clout chasing? 
you know, that they're not just trying to be then we could we talked yesterday about the the songwriting part of it and the downfalls of dating Taylor Swift. Right. That you're likely to end up an anthem at some point, and that's problematic. But at the same time, if you're Taylor Swift, how do you trust anyone to not just be cloud chasing in your life right now? I don't think you can. I think that's we have this view of of celebrities, rich, famous actors, musicians, things like that, as if like their life is perfect. It, they've got good lives. Right. But they also have problems. And people be like, oh, with that kind of money, you don't you don't have problems. Listen, oh you have God. a lot of money. You don't have money problems. OK, yeah. lots of money will eliminate money problems. It doesn't eliminate all problems. It doesn't mean you're not human all of a sudden. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, you know, I, I would have to imagine when you're in her shoes or anyone's shoes of that caliber every single person who's interested in you is coming at you for something and it's not just dating like how many business people are trying to get at you because of how much money you can make them how many people are coming at you because they see the value of a relationship with you not because they care about you but because of what they can get from you so i'd imagine it's the same thing with dating you know you got to be careful but you know, that's why you're hanging out. You feel out the situation a little bit. You see what Kelsey's about. If you like it, you take it further. If not, no harm, no foul. He'll be fine, I'm sure. Oh, I do listen. hope this causes. I hope this cause. I'm going to be completely honest about this. I hope this becomes a thing. These two dating. I hope they're very happy together. I hope it becomes a major distraction in the Kansas City locker room. I hope the Chiefs completely fall apart and are a non-factor in the AFC, and we can turn our attention to somebody else. I love Mahomes. I think it's a great story. I've always been a Reed fan because I'm an Eagles fan. I love what Andy does, but I'm okay if they want to take a year off. I'm, I'm well okay, more than okay with the not seeing them deep in the playoffs this year. Can you imagine? That's for James Reed. Steele, producer extraordinaire. <laughs> can you imagine? Uh... Andy Reid having his season completely destroyed by Taylor Swift. It'd be great. It'd be great. I'd love to see the Chiefs fall apart. They've had plenty of success. I'd like to see something new. I think Miami's fresh. I like the Baltimore story. If Jacksonville wants to make a run, let's see it. If Buffalo wants to make noise, I'm good with all that. I, I don't. I don't. I'm okay if Cincinnati and, and Kansas City want to take a year off. I'm good with. That. I've seen enough of Mahomes. I'm. I'm. I'm done with it. Carl for now. Was- for now. Sure. I, I, listen, I get it. Carlin versus Joe, Sirius XM Channel 80 on ESPN Radio, also on the ESPN app. The other thing that I'm very curious about with this whole scenario is if it does become a big thing in Kansas City, you know, if you're Travis Kelsey, to your point, you're doing more harm than good, aren't you, for your team situation? I don't want to no. say you can't date somebody because it's going to blow up your team, but... If that to your team, point, it does become a distraction. If that team and that fan base can tolerate Jackson Mahomes, That's they can, they'll deal with Taylor Swift. Yeah. Jackson Mahomes brings no value. He's just a distraction and a problem at every turn. Taylor Swift at least comes in and everyone loves her. So, like, you can't get that mad, right? Plus, they've already given you rings. You got a bunch of rings from these guys. Yeah. You don't have the opportunity to get mad at them anymore. Every fan base would kill for the opportunity to be in your shoes. So, A, I, I, if you've already dealt with Jackson Mahomes, you're, you're going to be fine with Taylor Swift. Anybody who makes that many people happy, I'm good with. Right. I like, mean, she, she just brings joy to everybody. Exactly. And and you never hear a crossword about her personally. So if that's the case, I mean, hey, go to it. You do you. I hope it works out for both of them. But at the same time, I, I just, if you're Taylor, I feel for her because I don't know how you ever trust anybody. It's like yeah. me, Joe. I can never trust her. Tough life. Real tough. All right. Well, I'll figure it out. 
<laughs> Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast.